All right. Hey, it's the WGN Radio Theater. I'm your host, Carl Amari. To my right, the vivacious Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? It is uh, 1218. We have a very late start. And I thought if we got right into our first classic radio show, we could still play The Great Gildersleeve and then in the next hour, The Shadow. How does that sound? Yep, we're going to do it, but we're glad to be on even at 1218. I do have to read this, though. Celebrate 25 years of Chicago Television's number one morning show. Watch a live two-hour special full of memorable moments on the WGN-TV Morning News 25th anniversary special Tuesday night at 7. I mean, I do want to get paid, so that's why I still read the spots. Now you're going to get paid? You know what I mean? Oh, good. Yeah. (laughs) But right now, we're going to start things off with The Great Gildersleeve, my brother's least favorite radio show. That's why we love it. Although Ben loves it. Ben is our engineer. Ben Anderson's our engineer tonight. Yay, Ben. He loves the Gildersleeve (laughs) show. I love Gildersleeve, and I think most of our audience does. This is called Detective Gildersleeve. Hal Perry starring from April 27, 1949, part one now of The Great Gildersleeve. The Kraft Foods Company presents Harold Perry as The Great Gildersleeve. The Great Gildersleeve is brought to you by the Kraft Foods Company, makers of Parquet Margarine. Millions of women all over America serve Parquet because it tastes so good. And now, in many states, you can buy this delicious Parquet Margarine in yellow quarter-pound sticks. Yes, this same spread that tastes so good now comes in handy quarter-pound sticks already colored a rich golden yellow and ready to serve. That's Parquet. P-A-R-K-A-Y, parquet margarine made by Kraft. Well, let's see what's doing in Summerfield. Recently, the great Gildersleeve has had only two interests in life. One is Mrs. Ellen Knickerbocker, his neighbor's wealthy sister from Baltimore. The other is his amateur detective hobby. This evening, we find him pursuing both. Uh, uh, Bye, George Ellen. It's a beautiful night. It's awfully dark, Throckmorton. Why are we stopping here? Well, I wanted to show you the old haunted house I investigated last week. My first big case. Oh? Yeah. Look, you can see it silhouetted against the sky. Oh, spooky, isn't it? Spooky? Well, not to a student of the Eagle Eye Detective Institute. (laughs) The chief of police and I are keeping an eye on it. Well, then why bring me up here? Why didn't you come up with the chief of police? Well, he's not as pretty as you are. (laughs) Throckmorton, we'd better drive back to town. I don't like it out here. Oh? Well, if you're frightened, Ellen, you can sit closer to me. Oh, I'm not really frightened. Shucks. Boom! Oh, dear! Darn it, she jumped the wrong way. (laughs) Now, Throckmorton... (laughs) I thought you weren't frightened. Well, this is a lonely spot, and I am wearing a rather expensive diamond necklace. Let's go home. Oh, well, all right, Ellen, anything you say. Well, what do you know? We ran out of gas. Uh Uh-huh. Throckmorton, didn't I see you turn off the switch? You did? Thought it was darker. (laughs) Ellen. Yes? Ellen. 
Now, Throckmorton. How about a little kiss? No. Helen, you're not supposed to resist an officer of the law. And a detective's an officer. <laughs> now, don't be silly. You call wanting to kiss you silly? Well, I call it silly to park up here and pretend you're out of gas and to pretend you're a detective. Pretend? Ellen, I've almost completed the course. I've solved every test case they've given me without even looking up the answers in the back of the book. Throckmorton, why waste your time on things like that? What? You know, sometimes you act like a schoolboy. Schoolboy? Okay, if I'm a schoolboy, it's too late for me to be out. I guess we'd better go home. Not Throckmorton. No, no, we'll go home. If you don't like my hobby, I guess you don't like me. Oh, I do. But to be really fond of a man, I have to be proud of him. Oh? And I'd like to be proud of you. Hmm. <laughs> Ellen, I'll throw away my detective kit tomorrow. Good. Now, how about that kiss tonight? Oh, Throckmorton. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> uh, good morning, infants. Hi, Unc. Good morning, Unky. Did you and Mrs. Knickerbocker have a nice time last night? Hmm? Mrs. Knickerbocker and I had a very pleasant evening. Thank you, Marjorie. <laughs> Leroy. <laughs> Careful, young man, or I won't give you my detective kit. Your detective kit? You mean it, Unc? Yes, my boy. It's all yours. Gosh, thanks, Dunk. Did you flunk the course? Yeah. No, I did not flunk the course. Last night, I just decided I had no further use for it. I'm not a schoolboy. You'll find the whole outfit in the box up on my dresser. Thank goodness. Oh, boy, I can't wait to go handcuff Craig Bullard to a tree. Leroy. <laughs> well, it would keep that little Craig out of mischief. Not a bad idea. Is all the stuff there? The mustache and the wig and the spirit gum? Well, I think I used all the spirit gum sticking on disguises. That's okay. Craig and I can use bubble gum. Bubble gum? <laughs> morning, Mr. Gilfley. Yeah, good morning, Bertie. Here's your coffee. Thank you, Bertie. Leroy, not so noisy. Okay, so long, Uncle. And thanks for the detective kit. And don't slam the... Don't slam the door. <laughs> what a detective. <laughs> we got two detectives in the family now? Only one, Bertie. Uncle Mort's given up the idea. He has? Well, I sure am glad, Mr. Gillsleeve, because you never know when a detective's going to get it. What? Anytime you associate with crooks, you're liable to get it. Yeah, well, I'm not associating with any crooks, Bertie. I sure am glad to hear that, Mr. Gillsleeve, because you never know when a crook's going to get it, or a detective either. <laughs> well, you don't have to worry about me. I'm... <laughs> Mr. Gillsleeve, did you read about that detective in Detroit? No, Bertie. He got it. He's in the hospital with a 30-30 in his leg and a 50-50 chance. <laughs> Yes, sir. You never know when a detective's going to get it. Yeah. And you never know when Bertie's going to hand it out. Hey, Unc! Guess what? Uh, what, Leroy? There's been a big robbery. Robbery? Well, you're the detective now, Leroy. Go catch the burglar. I mean it. There was a burglar at Bullard's last night. Well, what'd he take? Bullard's new stainless steel ash can? <laughs> Gosh, no. He stole Mrs. Knickerbocker's fur coat and diamond necklace. What? Really, Leroy? Yeah, last night. Oh, my goodness. Is Ellen all right? Sure, but boy, is she upset. She's on her way over here to talk to you, Unc. To me? She is? I'll get it. Now, everybody be calm. 
Throckmorton, I've been robbed. Yes, Leroy told me. Come on in, Ellen. Somebody broke in last night and took my diamond necklace and my best mink coat. Oh, my goodness. I'm terribly sorry to hear about it. So am I, Mrs. Knickerbocker. Oh, thank you, Marjorie. Throckmorton, what will I do? Brother Rumson's out of town. I don't know where to turn. Well? You know the local police. Will you, will you see that I get a good investigator? Ellen. If it's a good investigator you want, you don't have to go to the police. But Throckmorton... Yeah, I know you think my detective work is silly. But last week I solved the case three minutes before Mr. District Attorney did. Well, if you you think you can do anything... Do anything? I certainly can. Leroy, hand me back my handcuffs. Oh, for corn's sake. Ellen, you knew I'd be back this afternoon. Why didn't you wait and let me handle this? But I was excited, Rumson. I had to call in someone. Well, you didn't have to lose your head completely and call Gildersleeve. Now, Rumson, I think you've been wrong about Throckmorton. He's, he's been very calm and level-headed about this. That's one of Gildersleeve's biggest problems. He's too level-headed. <laughs> Under that poodle dog pompadour, he's a flathead. <laughs> Rumson, you exaggerate. Not very much. Now, Rumson, Throckmorton's made quite a study of detective work. But, Ellen, I've engaged a private detective from Kansas City. He's coming in this afternoon. Oh? Now, can't you discourage Gildersleeve? He couldn't tell a burglar from a banker. Now, Rumson. Well? That must be Throckmorton. Now I'll let him in. Come in, Throckmorton. Shh. Ellen, I saw a dark, ugly-looking man with a black suitcase sneak in your back door. Gildersleeve, that was me! Uh, hello, Mr. Bullard. Uh, welcome home. <laughs> Rumson and I were just discussing the robbery, Throckmorton. Oh, you don't have to worry about a thing, Ellen. I figured out a foolproof plan to trap the burglar. Wonderful. Gildersleeve, do you really think you should neglect your work at the water department just to help us? Oh, glad to do it, Mr. Bullard, for Ellen. And you, <laughs> you're her brother. <laughs> now, chapter one of the manual says, quote, to detect... One must first deduct, unquote. So for two hours, I employed the simple process of deduction, and I came up with the answer. You did? You bet. The reason your furs and jewels were stolen is because they're valuable. (laughs) That took you two hours? Now, wait a minute, Mr. Bullard. You may scoff if you like, but how did the burglar know they were valuable? Because last week, the society column described the furs and jewels Ellen wore at that country club party. Oh, that's right, Throckmorton. Yes, indeed. That's the way Raffles and those other jewel thieves operate. They check the society columns. Chapter four. Gildersleeve, you may be on the right track. (laughs) Here's what I've done, Bullard. I've had this news item printed in the afternoon paper. Listen. Distressed by the loss of her furs and diamonds, the wealthy Mrs. Ellen Knickerbocker is receiving an even more valuable collection this afternoon from her home in Baltimore. Throckmorton, that isn't true. I know that, but the burglar doesn't, and he'll be back. Clever, eh, Bullard? Clever? Gildersleeve, don't you realize you're making decoys out of every one of us? Decoys? I'm not holding open house for criminals. Well, what are we supposed to do? Sit around and wait to be robbed again? Oh, don't worry, Mr. Bullard. I'll be right outside. I'll catch him before he ever gets in the house. Gildersleeve, all I can say is you'd better. (laughs) Guess I'd better. (laughs) Well, here I go. Good night, Marjorie. Good night, Aki. Be careful now. Don't worry, I will. Hey, Aki, going over to watch the Bullard's house now? Shh, 
Not so loud, Leroy. Can I go with you? No, Leroy, it's getting dark. You go climb in your safe little bed. I just walked to the middle of the street with you. Got a gun, Unc? Of course, Leroy. You run along back now. Okay. Hey, Unc. Yes, Leroy? What happens to us if he beats you to the draw? To you? <laughs> Leroy, don't say that. Good luck, Unc. <laughs> Good night, my boy. What if he does beat me to the draw? Well, I better hide someplace where I'll see him first. I could wait for him in the Bullard Cyclone Cellar. It's stocked with dried apricots. And I was too excited to eat my dessert. Say, I could climb up there in little Craig's treehouse. Sure, I'll be able to watch both entrances that way. <laughs> wonder if this ladder will hold me. Oh, brother, the higher I get, the more it shimmies. What are you doing up there on my ladder? Oh, hello, Craig. Well, I'm climbing up to your treehouse. What are you going to do? I'm going to catch the burglar. My father says you couldn't catch cold. I can, too. I had laryngitis. Never mind. You run along in the house now. I'm going on up. You're going to break my ladder. I'm going to take it down. Craig, you wouldn't do that. You're too heavy. I'm going to take it down. Craig, let go of that ladder. I'm going to pull it away. Now, Craigie. Craigie. Here he goes. Why, you little fool. <laughs> just made it. Now, if I can just squeeze in this door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't even get in the treehouse. That's what you think. Oop. Something's holding me. <laughs> Darn nail. Well, I made it anyway. Craig, what's going on out there? I'm watching a big monkey up in the tree. A monkey? Uh, hello, Mr. Bullard. Oh, Gildersleeve. Yeah, I'm on the job. Oh, I see. Come along, Craig. It's your bedtime. Okay. And how many times have I told you not to call Gildersleeve a monkey? <laughs> yes, yes. That's the first portion of the Great Gildersleeve, April 27th, 1949, starring Hal Perry. More after these words. Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf. Thanks, Don. All right, it is 1240. Hey, Lisa, don't forget, in our next hour, we're going to premiere our new game. Right, and you know what it's called, it's don't called you? It's called Guess That Song. It sure is, and just as a little um, preview, we're going to be doing songs from 1970. Oh, 1970. Oh, you're picking... I did. Wait, I it's just year. one year? It's, I thought we were going to do a decade. I know, but I picked See, she's got to change it. We had we agreed on this thing. I picked That it was going to be from the decade. A decade. It is. It's from the decade of the 70s, but oh. it happens to be in the year of 1970. <laughs> she's got to change the whole thing around, you yeah. know? Yeah, it'll be better I'll that tell way. You, so brush it'll up be on better your... that way. <laughs> oh yeah. Listen, you need to brush. <laughs> brush up on your 1970s <laughs> right. tunes. And what are um, they going to win? Something fun? Uh, yeah, we give what? the best prizes. We're going to be giving away a desktop indoor weather station. All right, that's going to be at Love the top that. of the hour. But right now, it's time for the conclusion to the Great Gildersleeve. <laughs>
Let's see. What time is it? 11 o'clock. Well, all the lights are out in the bullards except one. Oh, there it goes. <sighs> Getting hungry. Maybe I should have hidden with the dried apricots. <laughs> Uh-oh. Somebody's opening a window. Wonder who it is. Must be the burglar. Oh, uh, Gildersleeve? Uh, 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 yes, Mr. Bullard? Good night. Yeah. <laughs> Good night. That Bullard. He's in his warm bed and I'm up in this drafty treehouse. <laughs> Wish I hadn't ripped my pants. Wouldn't be up here if Ellen wasn't depending on me. Yeah. What's that? Somebody's sneaking up the driveway. He's staying in the shadows. Why, George Gildersleeve, he's taking your bait. He's coming right under the treehouse. Got a gun? No, it's a flashlight. I think. Maybe if I lean out far enough. It is a gun. Wonder if I can reach mine. Right on him. Surrender! I've got you covered! Oh. Mr. Bullard! Turn on the lights! Come on down! What's going on now, Gildersleeve? Look, I knocked out your burglar. Wait till I roll him over. Oh. Gildersleeve, that's no burglar. That's my Kansas City detective. It is? Oh, sorry, but it's his fault. I yelled timber. Gildersleeve, get off the property! <laughs> Then I'll take some little green vegetables and I'll melt a little parquet margarine and I'll pour that parquet hey, over... Hey, Bertie, hold up. You talking to yourself? Land sakes, I guess I was, Mr. Wall. You know what they say about people who talk to themselves. <laughs> Not when you talk about what I was talking about. I was planning tonight's dinner and I was just melting some of that delicious, nutritious parquet margarine for the vegetables. Nothing wrong with that. It's always smart to use parquet. And I always use it, Mr. Wall. Parquet tastes so good on vegetables and bread and pancakes and rolls, too, as a matter of fact. You bet it does. It's smart to use parquet margin for other reasons, as a matter of fact. It's economical and it costs only about half as much as the most expensive spreads. And it's got that real craft quality, as a matter of fact. That's why it can't help but taste good, Bertie. Parquet is made from only the carefully selected products of American farms. And there's 15,000 units of important vitamin A added to every delicious pound. Every day, more women buy parquet margarine because it's economical, because it's nourishing. And mostly because it tastes so good. That's why I use it, as a matter of fact. Well, let's get back to the great Gildersleeve. In trying to catch the burglar who robbed Mr. Bullard's attractive sister, he caught Mr. Bullard's private detective. Mr. Bullard didn't like this. 
In fact, he ordered our hero off the case and off the property. Uh, Bullard will regret this. I know that burglar's coming back. Gosh, Unc, sitting up here in your room isn't going to do any good. Well? Who's going to catch the crook if you don't? That private detective went back to Kansas City where he's safe. Uh, uh. <laughs> I would like to help Mrs. Knickerbocker, Leroy. Sure. Hey, couldn't you get back over to Bullard's if you wore a disguise? Disguise? Leroy, that's silly. You can make up like Eddie the gardener. Eddie Gardner? Oh, oh, Eddie there, Gardner. Oh, sure. Yeah. He's fat, too. Leroy? Sure, I'll put on a big fuzzy mustache, an old shirt, and a pair of torn pants, and you look just like him. Well, I've got the torn pants. Now, let's see if I can talk like Eddie. What's the matter with you, kids? Get out of the flowers and go tell your mama she's want you. That's great, Unc. What is that, an Eskimo? In it. <laughs> Hand me the putty out of that makeup kit, Leroy. Oh, boy. Hi, uh, George. Great idea I had. I haven't used the dialect since I was in Kismet in the senior class play. Gosh, Uncle, were you a senior? Twice, Leroy. <laughs> in high school and in college. Gee. There. How's that for a putty nose, huh? Wait till I put it on. <laughs> you look funny, Uncle. Yeah? Well, Eddie, Eddie has a funny nose. <laughs> now, if I can just work on the bulb here on the end. Yeah. But, Unc, it isn't the same color as the rest of you. I'll take care of that. Go into Marjorie's room and bring me her pancake makeup. Okay. You want some leg makeup, too? No, Leroy, the rip isn't that big. <laughs> uh, let's see. I better flatten the bridge a little bit. Yeah. Uncle Moore. Yes, Marjorie? Judge Hooker is here to see you. Yeah, old goat, what does he want? Hello, Gildad. Yeah, come on in, Judge. I'll show him what a real makeup artist can do. I was in the neighborhood, Gildad, and I... Well, look at the nose. Yeah? You like it, Judge? Why the disguise, Gildad? Trying to capture another detective? <laughs> <laughs> now, Judge, curiosity killed the cat. <laughs> And the same thing could happen to an old goat. I'm not at all curious. What are you going to do with the rest of the clay? Well, I'm going to make it into a big, long nose for you, Judge, so you can really stick it into other people's business. Now, Gelder. <laughs> Hand me that mustache. You mean this big, fuzzy one? Mm-hmm. My, it's a beauty. Yeah. Hand it to me, Judge. Don't try it on your head. It's not a toupee. <laughs> I know it, Gelder. Yeah. Let's see now. Well, oh. right, George, I look pretty good. I think I'll wear my old straw fishing hat and go down and test my disguise on Peavy. Oh, going down to Peavy? You bet. <laughs> if he doesn't recognize me, nobody will. <laughs> and wait till I try this dialect on him, Judge. Hello, I am new fella in town, looking for honest work. <laughs> what do you think of that, Judge? <laughs> Peavy's Pharmacy, Mr. Peavy speaking. Oh, hello, Judge. How's that? He is? <laughs> oh, Mr. Gildersleeve's quite a fellow. Very well, Judge. I'll pretend I don't know who he is. Goodbye. Well, look who's here. 
Hello. Well, hello, stranger. What can I do for you? Well, I am new fellow in this town. I can see that. How's everything in the old country? Old country? Please, I am a citizen. 100% American. You don't say. I am looking for honest work. Well, there isn't much doing around Summerfield now. Of course, in the fall, we have a brisk tomato picking season. Uh, tomato picking? You look like a good tomato picker. Oh. <laughs> Please, I am gardener by trade. Maybe you give me a job taking care of your garden, eh? <laughs> well, Mrs. Peavy takes care of our garden. I work cheap. One dollar, one hour. I only pay Mrs. Peavy 50 cents a week. <laughs> that wouldn't even keep me in cigars. How's that? Yeah. I think I'll have some cigars. Very well. Yeah. Two El Lobos. The El Lobos, you say? Da. <laughs> you carry these? Oh, yes, we have to. The local water commissioner smokes them. Oh, huh? well, what is good enough for the water commissioner is good enough for me. I think so. <laughs> I hear about this water commissioner. People tell me he's a very big man in this town. Well, he's a big man, all right. They say he's a very popular city official. Well, yes. Good fellow. Yes. Also, they say this water commissioner is great amateur detective. No, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> For your information, PVI, I am the water commissioner. You don't say. Yes. Wait till I take off my nose. Look. Well, I declare. Pretty good disguise, eh, PV? Certainly is. I couldn't have told you from a tomato picker. <laughs> well, that's pretty close to a gardener. <laughs> George, this disguise certainly fooled Peavy. Nobody at Bullard's will ever recognize me now that it's almost dark. <laughs> I'll just pretend I'm working late with these flowers in the backyard. That burglar's bound to show up tonight. What are you doing? Oop. Craig. Gotta get rid of him. What are you doing? Uh, I am Eddie, the gardener, taking care of the flowers. You're not Eddie. I am too. I am too. No, you're not. You're too fat. Oh, I know you. You're Leroy's uncle. I'm going to tell my father. Shh, shh, Craig. You got to give me a break. Here's a dollar. Run along and don't tell your father I'm out here. A lousy dollar? Yeah. <laughs> well, here's two. Craig, it's time to come in the house. Shh, Craig, not a word to your father. I don't want anybody to know it's me. Gildersleeve. <laughs> what are you doing in my flower bed? Oh, my goodness. Ellen, come out here and take a look at this. Now, Mr. Bullard. Your detective is in our petunias. Really, Rockmore? Oh, uh, hello, Ellen. <laughs> what are you doing in that silly costume? Well, I thought it was a disguise, but... Rockmorton, aren't you being just a little bit ridiculous? But, Ellen, I only wanted to help you. Gildersleeve, I thought I told you to drop this case. All right, I'm dropping it. I'm dropping the whole idea. I see I'm not appreciated. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, good night, Rockmorton. Good night. Yeah, yeah, yeah! Give me back my two dollars. That Bullard family ought to walk right through their nasturtium bed. Uh, kick Bullard's new stainless steel ash can right out in the street. Ooh, I forgot I cut the toe out of my Oxford to look like Eddie. <laughs> well, I'll go home and take off this phony disguise and give these handcuffs back to Leroy. I'll never try to catch anybody again. Hey, Eddie. What? 
It's Harry. I'm over here behind a tree. <laughs> Somebody thinks I'm in it. <laughs> uh, just stay in the shadows and listen. What is this? <laughs> okay, Harry, go right ahead. I'm listening. Yeah, we got a chance to make another haul at the bullets tonight. Oh? Yeah. The paper says the dames had more jewels shipped in. Zeke, he's the burglar. Now get this. I'm getting. You go back over there and open the basement window like before. You got it? You bet I've got it. What? Then I got you. Uh, you're not Eddie. You're not kidding. Don't you try to run away. I played tackle at Princeton. Oh. Uh, where are those handcuffs? Stop kicking. Oh. Oh, well, I didn't just okay, get Okay, you asked for this. Oh. I'm getting out of here. You won't get far. I've got the handcuffs on you. Oh, one of them is on me. Bullard, come quick. I've caught the burglar. I mean, we've caught each other. Anyway, I've solved the case. <laughs> the Great Gildersleeve will be back in just a minute. Listen to this good news, ladies. You can now get yellow parquet in all states where laws permit. Yes, parquet, the same delicious spread with a wonderful flavor, now comes in handy quarter-pound sticks already colored a rich golden yellow. You'll find yellow parquet costs a little more, largely because of the federal coloring tax. But it's a real saving for you in time and trouble. Try the new yellow parquet in quarter-pound sticks. Remember, where state laws permit, you can get this delicious spread, golden yellow, ready to serve. Of course, you can still buy white parquet at the low economy price. That's P-A-R-K-A-Y. Parquet margarine made by Kraft. Thank you, Sergeant. Peavy! Well, hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. What are you doing here? I thought you might like some cigars. Oh, well, that's very nice of you, Peavy. But you didn't have to bring me a whole box. Yeah, you might be here in jail for quite a while. Leroy hasn't found the handcuff keys yet. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Care for a cigar, Harry? Eh. Uh, ah, uh, yourself. <laughs> Good night, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Great Gildersleeve is played by Harold Perry, Helen Knickerbocker by Miss Martha Scott. The show is written by John Elliott and Andy White with music by Jack Leeton. Included in the cast are Walter Tetley, Mary Lee Robb, Lillian Randolph, Earl Ross, and Dick LeGrand. This is John Wall saying goodnight for the Kraft Foods Company, makers of the famous line of Kraft quality food products. Be sure to listen in next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the further adventures of the Great Gildersleeve. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. That's the great Gildersleeve. Now you can hear why he was great. He was able to catch the burglar, Lisa. Of course he was, Carl. That's why he's the great Gildersleeve. From April 27th, 1949, Hal Perry... As Gildersleeve, hope you enjoyed that. Let's take a quick break, then it's more on the WGN Radio Theater. Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf. All right, thanks, Don. It is 10 minutes after 1 a.m. in the morning. We will be here till 2 o'clock in the morning. And in this hour, The Shadow, starring Bill Johnstone and uh, some great actors in the cast. You know, a lot of movie stars um, had their start in 
classic radio shows. Richard Widmark is in this show that we're going to listen to in just a few minutes. Also, Alan Reed, who was the voice of Fred Flintstone, he plays two parts. He doubles on this show. And then, of course, William uh, Johnstone, he plays Lamont Cranston. And um, who's the lovely Margolaine? Marjorie Anderson is, is Margolaine on there. So we have that coming up in just a few minutes. But right now, Lisa... We are gonna, it's a big moment. Yeah, we're going to premiere our new game. Guess so, that song. Hit it. Guess that song. All right, so here's how it works. You call in 312-981-7200. Lisa will play uh, just a little clip from two songs. Both songs are from 1970, right, yes, Lisa? Yes, they are. And, I don't um, know what they are. No, you definitely I don't. I do not. And we're going to have the caller take a guess and see if you can take a guess. And either way, you guys are a winner. You're going to win a desktop indoor weather station. And uh, we're going to call now. We're going to look for caller number 5, 312-981-7200. Caller five and we will be right back guess that song and we have pat on the phone to guess that song and play the game for the very first time hey pat hi how are you i'm doing great how terrific i'm great hi, pat hi well this is, this is exciting we're gonna test out our new game and see if it's a hit We'll see. Get it? You know, Lisa and I last week or two weeks ago, we were like... It was last week. I think we said to each other, we have to change it up a little bit. We can't yeah. do this really ridiculous for the rest of our lives we're here. We're just going to freshen things Let's up a little bit. Freshen it up. Let's hope that we didn't make a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's going to be great. All right. Um, so we're going to play the first song from 1970. Just a couple seconds. Here we go. Oh. She walked up to me and she asked me to... That's all right. all you get. Okay, it's all you get. What is that song? Oh, do you know it, Pat? I do. Hang on. Um, from that little bit, I'm not sure. Puff the Magic Dragon. I don't no. know. Oh, hang on a second. Did you say Puff the Magic Dragon? <laughs> that was got to nope. be from hang the on 60s. A you ready? Here, here's, here's for you. <laughs> all right. Um, My guess is... Go ahead. L-O-A-L-O-L-A-L-O-L-A. That is absolutely right by the Kinks. Let's hear it. Uh-oh. <laughs> she walked up to me and she asked me to dance. I asked her her name and in a top-round voice she said, Lola. L-O-L-A, Lola. It's a great la, song, la, too. La, la, ben likes that song, too. So here's a little bit of trivia about yeah. that song. It's about a guy who mm-hmm. meets Lola in a club. Right. But here's the twist. She's not a girl. Lola is a man. Yeah. And there you oh. go. There you go. All right. Well, let's go on to the second song. That's a song. twist, all right. That's a twist on that things. Could, that could ruin your whole day. <laughs> I think it's happened to many people. <laughs> all right. Let's go on to song number two. We'll see how this one goes. All right. Seen a lot of things in this old Mm. Oh, Carl, Carl's oh, flinching. Gosh. Do you I know got what it. that is? I know what it Hang is. Hang on. It's not your turn. <laughs> Do you know oh, that, Pat? It sounds familiar, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Do you recognize the voice at all? The singer? Not really. I'm not doing too good. No, that's no, all that's right. okay. Carl, Carl is your helper. Um, I'll give time. you a hint. The first word to the title is signed. 
Go ahead, Carlton. Signed, sealed, and delivered. There she goes. That's good enough. That's Signed, it. sealed, sealed delivered. delivered. I'm, I'm yours. yours. And here it is. Awesome. And who sings that? That's Stevie Wonder. Oh, yeah, Stevie Wonder. Right? Oh, yeah, 1970. Right. And here's your bit of trivia on that yeah. one. Peter's, Peter Frampton had a version of that in 1977 that rose to number 18. So this song has been done many, many times, but right. that is a, a Stevie Wonder song. But you know what? It's all good, Pat, and you are the winner here because you are a good sport, and Car- Carl was a great helper, too. Good job, wow, Carl. Wow, not bad. Um, Thank you, Carl. But yeah, Carl didn't win, Pat. You did. You won <laughs> the desktop indoor weather station. It's brought to you by American Weather Makers Heating and Cooling. They are the 60-Minute Men. You can visit AmericanWeathermakers.com. I love my indoor weather station, so I hope that you will I enjoy yours, too. One. Well, mine's for okay. s- mine's for sale. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot for playing our game, and we're going to play it again tonight when we come back. That's right. Thanks, Pat. Thank you. Okay, hon. Thank you. Bye. All right. Big new show. Big new game. <laughs> yeah, a big new game. It's same old show, but I don't a big think, new game. I don't think I'm going to do the this anymore, though. I don't think I... I, don't, I think we might need to retire that. Because I, I think if you know it, you know it. Yeah, this it's, it's not like a, this, a, a we'll, guess. We'll put this on the shelf, although I love this thing. It's all right. We'll use it again for other things. Yeah, it has all kinds of things on it. I know. I know. <laughs> Has uh, let's see what else is going. So I mean, you know, I Hi. hate to put it away. So it's but a pretty flexible item. <laughs> it is. All right. Well, uh, nice job, Lisa. I like Thanks. that. It's had a lot of fun, right? It was good. I like. We're going to do that again tonight. We've got two more um, segments of that. Yeah, uh, tonight we'll be back here at eleven p.m. We are going to be starting right on time tonight. Yes. All right. Well, it's time for the shadow. This is called The Cat That Killed, and it's from December 31st, 1939. Bill Johnstone stars. Here's part one of The Shadow. character who aids the forces of law and order is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. The shadow uses his hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so that they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the unseen voice of the shadow belongs. Today's story, The Cat That Kills. The story opens at midnight. Lamont and Margot are walking near a waterfront warehouse in search of, well, listen. What I want to know, Lamont, is where we're going to find a tugboat captain with a wooden leg. <laughs> what I want to know, Margot, is when this scavenger hunt will be over. Getting tired? No, but I'd like to hire a small trailer to cart these little trophies we've collected. <laughs> I feel like a walking junk shop. Ah, no sporting blood, eh? Look, Margot. 
If carrying around a bicycle pump, a red toupee, a lawnmower, a mustache cup, and a bowl of goldfish calls for sporting blood, you're right. I haven't any. You forgot to mention little Johnny the Rabbit. Oh, yes. Little Johnny the Rabbit. And lost him, have you? <laughs> lost him? He's been chewing on my left ear for the past half hour. <laughs> if we find the tugboat captain, we have a good chance of winning the game, Lamont. Yes, if my left ear holds out. Can't say that this is quite my favorite part of town, however. It kind of gives me the worry. The waterfront's always like this. Streets are so quiet. Not a soul for blocks around. Come on, look at how the fog seems to wrap itself around that warehouse like a... A ghost? Yes. No. Listen, don't mention ghosts around here, please. <laughs> What's the matter, Margaret? You're not a... Fact. What was that? I don't know, but it came from up there on the roof of that warehouse. Wait here for me, Margot. Oh, no, you don't. I'm coming with you. Oh, you can. Oh, just try and lose me. Oh, well, come on, then. But hurry, Margot. Hurry. Hold on. I'm all out of breath. We're almost at the roof, Margot. One more flight of stairs. This warehouse must be 50 stories high. No, it's only 10. Wait. Here's the door leading to the roof. Now, get behind me. No telling what's on the other side. Listen. What's that? It sounds like... like a cat. That's the loudest cat I've ever heard. Lamont... Quiet. I'm going to open this door. What do you see? It's pretty dark. Fog's clearing, though. The moon will be out in a second. For the time being, let's wait here. Mom, that cat howling. It's frightening. Yes, I don't like it, Margot. Here comes the moon. I can see the roof now and... Lamont! Oh, Lamont, look! A cat! A cat bending over the body of a man. It's a cat, all right, but the size of it. Why, it's almost as big... as big as you are. It's monstrous. Monstrous is the word, all right. Jesus. Don't move, Margot. May spring for us. No. Backing away toward the edge of the roof. Now we'll see what this is all about. Oh, Lamont, don't follow it. We've got to get a closer look at it. The weirdest thing I've ever seen. Oh, Lamont, you mustn't. I don't think it'll spring. Still backing toward the edge of the roof. Yes, but once it gets to the edge, it'll turn on you. It'll have to. No cat can jump ten stories. I'm prepared for that. There. It's at the edge of the roof. Look out. If it springs. Jump, Lamont. It jumped off into space. It leaped, all right. Ten stories. Can you see anything down there? Nothing. Nothing but blackness. Well, before we go down, we'd better have a look at this body over here. Yes, I suppose so. Yeah. I'll strike a match. See better. The size of that cat. Almost as big as a tiger. Oh, it was hideous. It was odd, to say the least. Now, we'll see about this body here. Oh. What is it? Don't look, Marco. Oh, Lamont, oh, no. I told you not to look. Oh, I couldn't help it. The match flared up and I couldn't help but see. Lamont's throat. It wasn't pretty. Looks as if the claws of that cat just dug in and ripped. He's dead. Oh, Lamont, please. I'm sorry. Well... What do you make of it? Margot, this is unbelievably weird. A cat that kills. 
A cat the size of a tiger. A cat that can leap into space and fall ten stories. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense right now, Margot. But it will make sense before I'm through. Now, Mr. Barton, if you'll only calm down, I... Calm down? How on earth do you expect me to calm down, Commissioner Weston, when these horrible things are happening in my warehouse? There's nothing... The death of that watchman last night was the third murder in a month. Oh, you've got to do something, Commissioner. My business is being ruined. My men are all quitting. The warehouse is getting a bad name. Mr. Barton, as I've told you, we're doing everything we possibly can. There are some cases that just can't be broken oh, overnight. The whole try. thing's fantastic. I've never heard of anything like it. Greetings, Commissioner I... Weston. Oh, it's you, Cranston. Well, as long as you're here, come on in. I thought I'd bring a little cheer into your life. So I dropped around and uh, brought Margot with me. Fine, fine. Hello, Miss Lane. This is all I needed right now. Oh, now, now, Commissioner, you know we're impervious to flattery. I'm afraid I can't visit with you right now, Cranston. I'm up to my eyes in one of the strangest cases ever came my way. Really? Fantastic, Cranston. Unbelievable. I, oh, by the way, this young chap here is Mr. Barton. How do you do, Mr. Barton? How do you do, Mr. Barton? owns a warehouse on Water Street. A warehouse on Water Street? Why, Lamont? Please, Margot. Three murders have been committed on the roof of that warehouse in the past month. Three in one month? Well, who were the victims? We... All watchmen, Mr. Cranston. The bodies were, were horribly mangled. Lamont, I was trying to say that that's the same... Ow! What's the matter? I well, twisted my foot. Oh. I'm telling you, Commissioner, this thing has got to end. you simply got to do something, and you've got to do it fast. Mr. Barton, please. My men have been investigating this case for weeks. There's absolutely nothing to go on. Nothing but those confounded claw marks we found on the neck of every victim. Uh, how about sending a few officers along to guard the watchman? We tried that, Cranston. Nothing happened while my men were there. Oh, I see. Well, we decided the murderer, whoever or whatever he may be, had struck for the last time. We kept working on the case, of course. But we didn't think it necessary to keep men on continuous duty. As it turned out... As it turned out, the very next night, another watchman was murdered. His throat completely... Well, there's no need to describe it. If only we had some idea as to how these murders are committed. Well, have you taken adequate precautions, Commissioner? Night and day, yes. We've surrounded that warehouse with men. We've guarded every entrance, every exit. And yet the murderer's been able to do his work without leaving a single clue, mind you. I'm beginning to believe in ghosts. Well, all I know is that I'm losing business. The warehouse is getting a bad reputation. People are saying the place is haunted. Now I need a watchman and I can't get one. No one will take the job, I suppose. Well, you can't blame him, can you? No, I suppose not. I was just thinking, Mr. Barton, I uh, might be able to help you out. Oh, if you could, Mr. Cranston. I have a friend, rather an old fellow, who'd be only too glad to get the job, I think. Oh, fine. If I send him around to see you, will you try him? Try him? I'll welcome him with open arms. Uh, you send him around to my office at the warehouse tonight, will you? I certainly will. Well, Margot, you and I better get along. We're interrupting the inspector's business. Well, Cranston, you've always wanted to be a detective. Why don't you go home and figure out this case? Thanks. I think I will. Goodbye, Mr. Barton. I'll send your new watchman around to you tonight. Oh, I'm indebted to you, Mr. Cranston. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, Goodbye Cranston. Well, he did get your new watchman anyhow. Lamont Cranston, I wish you'd wear sneakers. Sneakers, Margot? Why? You kicked my ankle in there. I thought you'd broken it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Margot. But little girls should be seen and not heard. Mm -hmm. And just who is this old man you're going to send around to Mr. Barton? 
I don't recall your knowing any poor old man. Well, you forget I have a wide and varied acquaintance with people in all walks of life. Mm-hmm. I know a very fine old fellow who'll jump at the chance to spend a night on that warehouse roof. And uh, who is it? Who is it? Why, old man Cranston, of course. Lamont, <laughs> <laughs> you sound like the boy who played Methuselah in my high school play. You certainly don't mean that you're going to take that job. I certainly do. Don't you see, Margot? I've got the edge on Weston and the police. They know nothing about the monstrous cat we saw last night. And because of that, they're handicapped. They don't know what to look for, what to expect. But I do. But what are you going to do? Tonight I'll be on that roof waiting for the cat myself. And something tells me our feline murderer will get a reception he's not prepared for. Ooh, that's a good one, Lisa. We always play good ones, Shadow. Uh, and, uh, you know, the Shadow is um pretty regular participant in the classic radio club. We put the Shadow in there. Every two or three uh, months, uh, we put a Shadow in there. And Spence is in there a lot. Boston Blackie, Jack Benny. Um, all your favorite shows are in the Classic Radio Club. And if you don't know what the Classic Radio Club is, well, you should learn all about it. Just go to our website, ClassicRadioClub.com. We'd love you to join. We have hundreds and hundreds of members. And each and every month, if you're a member, you'll get 10 of the greatest classic radio shows of all time, direct from Master Recordings. The sound quality, if you're a member, is incredible. It is the best sound quality of any classic radio shows anywhere in the world. And you will be getting 10 of those each and every month via CD or via digital download, plus copious liner notes that I write about all the shows. And uh, did you like your September releases, Lisa? I did, Carl. Good stuff it, in the September ones. You know what? The months go, go by so fast. It's unbelievable. The next thing you know, It'll it's be October. October. <laughs> See how that works? <laughs> it's crazy. It just never changes. The calendar just... It keeps October going. always comes after September. It's It sure weird. does. And October is a very special month. Yeah, it is. I know. Your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Plus Halloween. Um, but yeah, the Classic Radio Club is a club we've, uh, we started just for you, our listeners. So do check it out. Go to classicradioclub.com. Or let's take a quick break. Then it's more on the WGN Radio Theater. Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf. I believe that you're Lisa Wolf, right? I believe that you are correct this no time. E no. at the end? You're not usually correct, but this time. You got it right. I got both the songs right. You did. I knew both songs from 1970. Well, I wasn't trying to trick you on them. Like, this isn't like a real or ridiculous trying to trick Carl. Right. This was just, I'm playing top songs from the decade of the 70s, from 1970. (laughs) So tonight when we come back here at 11 p.m., what uh, what decade? 1970s. Oh, still 70s? I'm still, still in the at 1970. Oh, it's 1970. It's okay. the weekend. The whole weekend is 1970. Oh, I'm going okay. by weekends. Got it. All right. Yeah. Gives it a little more structure that way. <sighs> I was seven. You were seven. Were you Boy. ever seven? I could show you a picture. I was. No, that's actually. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was seven. You know what? I, really I was kind of l- cute. I, I don't know you what were. happened to me. I don't know. Gosh. Can I just mention really quickly? You know quickly? what it is? I think it's gravity. Gravity does that Gravity is terrible. Gravity does it. I was seven. I looked great. 
I bet you did. Yeah. So I just want to let everyone know tonight, I went to a comedy club and I saw Patty Vasquez and she did about a 45 minute comedy set and she was so flipping amazing yeah. that I am blown away still. I'm still thinking about her. And um, of course, she was our very own WGN Patty Vasquez. And I went there to support her. And I, you know, I've never seen her in that way. Of course, I've heard her here on WGN, but she was just so funny. Um, she was in her element and she was uh, just a one woman show up there. And um, she was amazing. So I just thought I'd throw it out there. I don't know when she's performing next or, you know, you know what's on the docket for that um i know she's running for state representative so i know she's uh on to uh, other things right now but i just wanted you guys to know how fantastic she was very cool all right well look for patty vasquez she's probably playing somewhere yeah and great uh, get some comedy. tickets yeah all right well right now it's time for the conclusion to the cat that killed on the shadow <laughs> What were you making that noise for? Well, I had to attract your attention, didn't I? Well, don't make that particular sound again. See, I, I think you're scared. Well, I am, for you. Uh, for me, eh? Well, this is no place for you, Margo. Oh, it's as good as any other I can think of at the moment. Margo, you've got to get out of here. That cat may show up any minute. I'd, I don't want you in the way when he does. Well, have I ever gotten in your way? No, but this time it's different. Whatever happens is going to happen fast. Oh, sorry, Lamont, I'm not leaving. Of all the stuff... Well, that won't do you any good either. Oh, Lamont, you've got to let me stay. I couldn't bear it any longer, waiting to hear from you and wondering if the same thing had happened to you that happened to those other men. Lamont, don't send me away. If you're in danger, my place is with you. All right, darling. Turn off the charm. You can stay. But keep out of the way, please. Whatever happens, don't interfere. I won't. Lamont, this cat. What do you make of it? I don't know, Margot. But I'm almost sure it's not a cat. Not a... No. If it is a cat, then it's a freak. Something out of the ordinary. I'm inclined to think it's some form of a leopard. A black leopard, perhaps. It might even be... Yes? Might even be what? No. A man could never lead ten stories into that yard below and live to tell about it. Well, Lamont, how are you going to handle it? You haven't got a gun. And that... That thing looks so ferocious. I brought a few things with me. A bullhide whip and ropes to tie the thing up with. I intend to drive the cat into that corner over there with the whip. That's the one spot on the roof where it can't leap off. Then out. Listen. Come. Remember we heard that cat howling the other night. Now listen to me, Margot. When the cat reaches here, it'll do something to attract the attention of the watchman it believes to be somewhere in the building. That's how those other watchmen were lured up here to the roof. They heard something that attracted their... There it is, Lamont. I can see it in the moonlight. Oh, Lamont, it's monstrous. Quiet. Watch it. Just watch it. It broke a pane of glass in the skylight. That's to attract the watchman inside the building. Look out now. I'm going to swim this bullwhip and try to frighten him into that corner. Whatever you do, Margot, don't leave this spot. 
Now then, I'll see what sort of a cat tamer I am. You stuck him. Look out, he's turning towards you. Come on, his eyes are blazing. I think this whip will soon subdue him. He's getting ready to spring. Come on, look out. He's coming for you. Blast you. The monk. Run for it. something to do. I told him the whole story. All about how... all about how three watchmen had been murdered on the roof. Yeah? And he still wanted the job. Yes, he told me not to worry about him. Said he'd be all right. Now he's nowhere to be found. There's not a trace of him anywhere. I tell you, Commissioner, I'm going out of my mind. Yeah, you and me both. Frankly, Barton, I'm up a tree. Oh, I'm not blaming you, Commissioner. I know you're doing everything you possibly can, but... Oh, I'm beginning to wish my father had left this blasted warehouse business to his partner instead of me. What do you mean? Well, my father had a partner, a fellow named Blanchard. Blanchard was a crook, so my father finally bought him off. Well? Well, when Dad died, Blanchard came to me with some crazy story about the warehouse business rightfully belonging to him. Yeah? He said my father had cheated him out of his share. Oh, it was a lot of foolishness, of course. But... Well, I wish now I'd given him the business lock, stock, and barrel. <laughs> On the contrary, Mr. Barton, you'll be glad you didn't. Who's that speaking, Commissioner? Uh, it sounds like the shadow. You're right, Commissioner. Well, where is he? I don't see him. No one ever sees the shadow. But I, I don't know. Now, don't be alarmed, Barton. I'm not going to harm you. In fact, I'm here to help you. It's all right, Barton. This is not the first time I've spoken with the unseen voice. Well, I've heard of the shadow, but I, I never believed he existed. Ah, but I do, Mr. Barton. I've clouded your mind so that you cannot see me. But I'm in this room. It's been a long time between visits, Shadow. What is it this time? Commissioner... I've come to help you break this warehouse case. Uh, you mean my warehouse? You know who the murderer is? I don't know who he is, but I think I know how he accomplishes his work. I can show you how to capture him, but you've got to help me. Oh, will I? You just tell me what to do and I'll do it, all right? Good. The murderer, the thing that's been killing your watchmen, is a cat. A cat, Shadow? What? Yes, but no ordinary cat. This one's as big as you are, Commissioner. And in some strange way, it's able to leap off the roof of that warehouse and escape. Oh, impossible. That warehouse is ten stories high. I've seen it happen, believe me. But whether you believe it or not doesn't matter. What is more important, Mr. Barton, is that you spend tonight on that roof alone. Me? Well, well You've got I don't to do know. It. I... This murderous cat thing still hasn't accomplished whatever he's trying to do at your warehouse. I have reason to believe that he'll be returning there tonight. Now, will you do as I ask? Come on, Barton, what do you say? I'll send an officer along with you. Okay, I'll do it. Well, if I hadn't been such a coward, I'd have done it long ago. What else am I to do? Nothing. Just... 
be there on the roof. And now you, Commissioner. Yes, Shadow. Besides detailing an officer to stay with Barton, I want you to throw a cordon of men not only around that warehouse, but around the entire block. Every bit of that territory must be kept clear, and no loophole must be left open to permit the cat's escape. I'll see to it. Now then, there's another warehouse not far from Barton's. It's taller than Barton's by two or three stories. I want your riot squad to set up searchlights on that roof and be ready to play them down on the roof of Barton's warehouse when I give the word. Searchlights? What in the world do you want with searchlights? Just do as you're told, Commissioner. And I think I can promise you we'll solve this case tonight. Well, I can't understand why you're going to all this trouble, Shadow. I'm sworn to the tracking down of criminals. I've dedicated my life to the eradication of crime as far as possible. But there's more to it this time. There's someone in danger whom I must save. If it's not too late. A friend of yours? I say, is it a friend of yours? He doesn't answer. I might have known. He's gone. He goes usually just as quietly and mysteriously as he comes. Breaking this case must mean a great deal to him. I've never heard him speak that way before. Well, I'll do my part tonight. How about you, Commissioner? I've been in this business a long time, Barton. And I've learned a good deal. But there's one thing I've learned above everything else. When the shadow tells you to do something, Mr. Barton, do it. And tis me, Seamus Clancy of the Donegal Clancy's, that's telling you, Mr. Barton. This is a night for goblins and pixies. And for banshees, too. Clancy, for heaven's sake, be quiet. Bad enough sitting up here on this roof waiting for a giant cat. You don't have to make it worse by all this talk of banshees and goblins and whatnot. Well, it was only passing the time I was, Mr. Barton. It's lonely I get just to sitting here in the dark, not saying a word. Uh, uh, did they get the searchlights set up all right? Yes, yes, they did. The shadow said when he wanted them, he'd yell for them. Now, there's a modern banshee for you. That shadow. You can't see him, but... Quiet. Listen. Oh, what do you think would be the meaning of that catawallon? Sounds to me like a signal. You better get ready, Clancy. I've got a feeling that something is about to happen. Look, Clancy, that cat! Sense in heaven, just a monster. Get back in the shadows. Don't let it see us. Oh, no, we can't let him see us. Don't ever take it, I trip. You've given us a way the thing sees us. It's coming for us. Clancy, look at those eyes. They're blazing like coals of fire. If it's thinking I am, I'd better be drawing my revolver. You better be quick. There. Oh, I missed him. Clancy, don't shoot again. Who the devil? This is the shadow speaking to you, Clancy. I want to take that cat alive if I can. All right. You can stop that hissing and waving of claws, my friend. The game is up. Did you hear me? You're not fooling anyone. You're not a cat. You're a man. A man disguised as a cat. Still insist on playing Well, the show's over and you can take that costume off. Without shadow where we are, he's backing toward the edge of the roof. Wait, I'll stop him. Stay where you are, Barton. Those claws may not be real, but they're pretty dangerous. We hand steadier now, Mr. Shadow. Let me bring him down. Don't shoot, Clancy. Backing toward the edge of the roof, eh, cat? Going to jump, are you? Well, go ahead. We're ready for that, too. There he goes. Lights! Lights! Turn on the streetlights! Oh, they're making everything plain as day. Look! Look down there! Oh, heavens, he's swinging in midair. He's swinging back and forth. He's on a trapeze, Barton. Oh, yeah. A trapeze hanging from a wire that's strung between this warehouse and the next... There. He's off the trapeze and hanging onto the wire. He's pulling himself across to that window. Oh, you'll get away. They'll never get to him in time. Perhaps they can't, but I can't. Well, you don't mean you're going to leave for that trapeze? Oh, no, it's suicide, man. Suicide. That may be. But I told you there was someone in danger whom I've got to save. 
This is the only way I can do it. Here goes. Oh, chance above, you'll be killed. Oh, you. You're back again. Something went wrong. Bungling fools tried to trap me. <laughs> As if they could. I was too smart for them. By the time they get here, I'll be gone. What? What are you going to do with that knife? That, my dear, is for you. You don't think I'm going to leave you here alive so you can give me away to the police, do you? Oh, you... You're mad. I should have killed you when I brought you here last night. You don't know what you're doing. Keep away from me. Now, don't be afraid. The knife is sharp. Get away. It'll all be over in a minute. No. That's right, Mr. Catman. It will be all over in a minute. All over for you. Uh, My wrist. What is it? Something's crushing my wrist. Drop that knife. Oh, Lamont, Lamont. What are you talking about? I can't see anyone. My wrist. You can't see me, Blanchard, but I think you can feel the grip I have on you. Drop that knife before I break your arm. That's better. Who are you? I am the Shadow. You've heard of me, perhaps. I've heard of you, all right. How did you get here? By using your trapeze. A clever act, Blanchard. Just as good as it was 20 years ago. What do you know about that? I know all about you, Blanchard. 20 years ago, you were a pretty famous trapeze artist in a circus. You had an act in which you dressed as a cat and did dangerous dives from a trapeze. Later, you became Barton's partner in the warehouse business. The business belonged to me. Barton cheated me. And you took this method of forcing Barton's son to sell out to you cheaply. Well, the game is up. That's what you think, Mr. Shadow, but you haven't trapped me yet. This building is surrounded, Blanchard. You're cornered. Oh, no, there's still the trapeze. I can still get away. (laughs) You forgot the trapeze. Come on, stop him. The window's open. (laughs) You can't stop me. He's climbing out the window. Stop, Blanchard. (laughs) Goodbye, Mr. Shadow. (laughs) Lamont, he's gotten away. The trapeze. There was no trapeze this time, Margot. I cut it down. worst part of the whole thing, Lamont, was that I thought the cat man had killed you that night on the roof. No, I was just stunned, that's all. When I came to, you were both gone. That's when I first suspected that he must have some means of crossing to the other building. Well, you couldn't have found the trapeze. He kept it hidden during the day, and at night he detached the wire that ran between the buildings. Mm, he was clever, all right. Say, Margot, hmm. I wonder who ever won that scavenger hunt. <laughs> well, we didn't. What did you ever do with all our trophies? (laughs) Well, I returned the bicycle pump, sent the toupee out for a shampoo, sold the lawnmower, and lost the mustache cup. What about little Johnny the rabbit? Little Johnny? Yes. You mean little Joni? No, Johnny. Well, his name might be Johnny, but he was the mother of seven babies this morning. Oh, Lamont. (laughs) Today's program is based on a story copyrighted by The Shadow Magazine. The characters, names, places, and plot are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. The Shadow Magazine is on sale at your local newsstand. The weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The Shadow knows. <laughs> The weed of crime bears bitter fruit, Lisa. Tasted like the fruit that you brought 
for me to eat today. It was all mealy. It was delicious, Carl. She gives me a, what was that? A peach? <laughs> it was a nectarine. nectarine. It, I bit into it. I was like, Whoa. it was all mealy. Well, Thanks a lot. <laughs> well, here's the reason. I know one thing. You didn't get it at Woodman's. No, but here's the reason. The honest answer is I actually brought the fruit last week and we forgot oh, to eat it. last week? And it was still in the refrigerator. It was it wasn't as good this good. week. <laughs> that fruit was <laughs> that weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Let me tell crime you, crime does not, not pay. pay. <laughs> not, no, that no, was, that was that not, was so not good. very good. <laughs> that wasn't a very good laugh there. Sorry, I'll have to work on my sinister um, laugh. You know that was Maybe called the I'm cat that sinister. killed that cat. You know uses cat's pride. Tell you that right now. Oh, all the sure. all the lucky cats get cats. That's pride. right. That was from uh, December thirty first, nineteen thirty nine. Bill Johnstone, and uh, let's see who else is in there. Marjorie Anderson, Kenny Delmar, Alan Reed, Richard Widmark. Good cast. Hope you enjoyed that. Let's take a quick break. Then it's more on the WGN Radio Theater. You know what I wish, Lisa. Um, I wish I was. There's on a, a lot of things. I wish I was on a cruise right now. <laughs> okay, we're keeping it clean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I wish I was on a cruise right now. Well, I can help you out in How? about eleven months. Eleven months. Yep. You're going to go on a cruise with me? Um, I'm going to go on the same cruise as you. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what I meant. Okay. That's exactly what I meant. We're going to go to Bermuda. Oh, wow. And yeah. we are going to do a classic radio cruise. So yeah. we are hoping that our listeners will join us on this great cruise. I wish I had cruise. a little Calypso music playing right now. You know, a little, like a little... Calypso music? Some kind of like, you know, some... Some, Some Calypso. sail away, come sail away, no, come Calypso sail is a away with no, Bermuda, Bahama, come on, uh, yeah. pretty mama. mama. There's some Beach Boys. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, anyway, we're going we're, August we're 1st. We're going August 1st of 2020. Right. And we're going on Oceana Cruises, which oh, is yeah. a top-notch cruise line. Mm-hmm. And the name of the ship is Insignia. It's seven nights. We're leaving August 1st of 2020. And uh, this is going to be a spectacular cruise for a lot of reasons. Right. Do you want me to list them? Let's list a few. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to be going to a couple islands in Bermuda, so it'll be really exciting to explore. Right. We have a lot a- of rich history there. Oh, right. We, um, we are going to, um, enjoy the ship as well. There's restaurants and a fitness center and a spa and lounges and bars and a casino and a pool. And we're going to be there. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to get to hang with our listeners and talk about, uh, classic radio and or not. The show and or not. your lives. That and too. And we're going to chat. kids. We want to hear about your lives. And, and we're going to have yeah. some classic radio fun as well. Yep. We're going to do some contests and trivia games, and yep. we're going to have prizes, prizes, and we're going to do some reenactments, and yeah. we're just going to I think we should do a seven shadow days episode. of fun. We should maybe do the shadow. We'll, we'll do whatever our Ooh. listeners want to do, because it's all about them that Maybe way. you could... You, you could play the lovely Margot Lane. Maybe I could. But we should probably leave that role for one of our listeners. Why? You know? Yeah. You could be, <laughs> maybe you can do like sound effects too. Help me with sound effects. Well, that sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be a lot of fun. It's a whole week. 
It's a whole week. Yeah, it's seven, seven nights. nights. And yeah. um, prices start at eleven ninety nine, and wow. that is all inclusive. Yeah, of, that's because we got a great rate of your entertainment, your food, your ship. It's going to be great. Um, check it out. Call Keen Luxury Travel at eight hundred eight five six eleven fifty five eight hundred eight five six eleven fifty five. You know, we've only booked a limited number of rooms. I know we have quite a few people who have already signed up. So thank you. We appreciate that, and we hope that you'll consider signing up now before it gets all full. Yeah. And you can go to our website, too, WGNRadioTheater.com. There's a banner. If you scroll down, you can click that banner, and it has all the information there. But you want to call Keen Luxury Travel, and they, you could do that like on Monday during business hours, right? Right. What's or the 800 number 800-856-1155. Again? Give them a call and sign up to go on the classic radio cruise. All right, when we come back here at 11 p.m. Tonight. We are going to play our game again. We're going to play our uh, our Guess guess That that Song song game. It's going to be 1970, so go ahead and brush up. Yeah, and then we're going to (laughs) play some classic radio, too. We do. We're going to play Casey, Crime Photographer, and we've got Suspense. Great episode of Suspense. Nice. And so um, I think that's a wrap for tonight. All right, we got a late, late start. But but, uh, uh, but, but it was great fun. show. Yeah, it was fun. And Dave Plyer is up next. Dave Plyer is up next. Don't miss that. And thanks for listening, everyone.